Hi, I'm Abby, and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. How it is almost the end of September is unclear to me. Time, like, I don't, it's really fucking with my head. Is it doing that to you too? I am... I don't spend much time on Facebook anymore because like, why would you want to like just be on TikTok and Instagram? But, um, I do, well, I go on there to promote this podcast and I like to look at the Facebook memories. I don't even like really scroll my feed that much anymore, but the memories I love because I'm just, sometimes you when you go all the way back to like the early days of status updates where you don't, you're not even writing in complete sentences. Um, but one popped up this week that was because it's like the anniversary of the Brangelina breakup and like five years ago or whatever. And, and it was just like, I'm so glad that I'm the first person that like everybody thinks of to text when something like this happens. And I said, like, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is my path or whatever. And it was kind of right before I started the, we have notes newsletter, Um, and it is like, this is my path. Like, like that is the dumbest thing that brings me the greatest amount of joy. Like when people send me clips, send me things. I mean, they're not usually trying to break the news to me because guess what? You guys, you're probably not breaking the news to me, but just like checking in on me, you know, have you seen this clip? I'm sure you've seen it of Harry singing about a girl being dressed as a banana at a concert this week in Detroit. Yes, I saw it, but I love that Aaron sent it to me. Um, It's just, it just makes me happy. And it's like kind of what led to the newsletter and led to this podcast. And it just made me laugh. But also like things will be on there that I'm like, how the fuck was that 13 years ago? Like how dare time? Like, um, here's things that also mess with my head this week. Kai Malik. Gigi and Zane's baby is one already. How did that happen? And also, why am I still so obsessed with this child whose face I've never seen? We got a bunch of new pictures of the back of her head and her cute little chunky toddler self from like Yolanda from Bella. There was a photo that I don't know who took it. It was that popped up in my discover page of like Gigi and Zane, like pointing at balloons with her. So cute. I mean, good for them that they want to keep her privacy, but like still obsessed with a child that whose face I've never seen and who I will never meet super normal um also 10 years since call me maybe came out like what a joyful time I was thinking you know when my friend Robin was on a couple weeks ago who by the way is blowing up on TikTok like you guys need to follow her she's like mage now um about when you like remember a time and I was talking about like the red era because we're getting the new Taylor album, the release. And like this was kind of around that time and that period. And God, it, remember how I mean, I don't know how many times you guys watched that video. The one with like Selena and Justin and like Ashley Tisdale and like, oh, I watched it a thousand times. I was a grown ass woman, but I was obsessed. That song is still such a bop. Like just put it on when you're in a bad mood. Like honestly, Carly Rae Jepsen. Cut to the feeling also. We'll just pick you right up. It's like musical Xanax. Um, you know, and then Taylor's out here mix, messing with time because she's mixing eras. Like we're going into red with the November re-release of Taylor's version. But then she just decided to drop Wildest Dreams Taylor's version 
which was already done because it's in a movie, but it's from 1989. It was trending on TikTok and she's very smart and savvy and was like, how about we don't put more dollars in like Scooter Braun and that investment firm who owns my old master's um, pocketbook and let me go ahead and give you my version. She's so smart. I love her. Uh, so yeah. And also just cause then it's like a, it's such a fan service too. Like she gets it, she gets it. But now it's like, oh my God, are we jumping into like part of 1999 era? I think we all know. Well, we don't all know. People know who that song's about and it's someone I like very much. That and the whole 1989 album has a lot of him on it. So anyway, that, yeah, my time space continuum feels very messy, but it is fall and that's exciting and it got a little crisp here and that makes me very happy. I just know winter's coming and that makes me very sad. Um, I've been having trouble figuring out what to watch this week or like the past week. I don't know. I think my anxiety has been high and I don't really know why, but when that happens, sometimes I have trouble like latching on a show, though I did finish the Lulu Rowe documentary, Lula Rich on Amazon. It's four parts. You should all watch it fascinating you know very few things get me fired up like an MLM that targets women with their fucking pyramid schemes and scams and trying to take people's money who people who are just trying to make better lives for themselves and their families infuriates me um I also don't understand how anyone ever liked these leggings like they're disgusting even before apparently the smell all the things but it goes into the whole thing and these this family that started it and they're 500 million children. They are Mormon. I'm not, you know, there's plenty of nice Mormon people out, out in the world. It's not a statement on Mormonism, though I am fascinated by Mormonism. Um, but they have, it's a blended family and there's a lot of kids. And then like they're just like casually like, and then our son married our daughter. I mean, they're not blood related. But like our children did get married to each other. And it's like, okay. I don't think they didn't like really grow up together, but still weird weird anyway they I mean it's just I feel terrible for these women um and it, it's just I get so mad and as I've, I've recommended it a million times but listen to season one of the dream and gets into the whole history of like multi-level marketing scams and pyramid schemes and especially how they target women um the overwhelming Christian whiteness of LuLuRoe is is something to behold too like I just didn't really know the whole story of that thing and wow but yeah listen to the dream too it's so it's so well done it's so well reported um I tried to watch that here's a non sequitur I tried to watch that Julie Delpy Elizabeth Shue show on the verge on Netflix I found it totally unwatchable sorry I watched I think I got through three episodes two and a half episodes I wanted to like it so much. I love Julie Delpy. She like wrote it, created it. I love that it's about women that are not 25. I ugh, I didn't like it. I could not connect to it at all. It was a real bummer. I don't know. I mean, if you like it, great. Enjoy. Have at it. But I could not even watch it. And I very rarely quit a shot when I was like, nope. But then when I really am struggling, like this is why I still pay like almost $300 a month for cable, which is ridiculous and stupid. But I love just happening upon a movie on cable. It's very Gen X of me. It makes me so happy. I landed last night on, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast. I know I've talked about it in the newsletter a bunch on Vanilla Sky. 
Um, I love Vanilla Sky so much. I've seen it like a thousand times. The Cameron Crowe, Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, Jason Lee, Cameron Diaz. Um, it's not like most people's like fave Cameron Crowe movie. And it's not my favorite Cameron Crowe movie, but I love it. It's much maligned. I love it so much. Um, I mean, come on. We've got, I think she is the saddest girl to ever hold a martini. I will see you in another life when we are both cats. I will tell you in another life when we are both cats. And then he says, I will see you in another life when we are both cats. Um, I love the, the actual vanilla sky, the Dylan album cover, like reboot the, um, the Todd Rundgren of it all. And lest we ever forget that for about 12 years of her life, Liv Tyler thought Todd Rundgren was her dad. And he was not. Um, I just love it so much. The Salisbury Hill, The Pleasure Delayer. It's such a good movie. I, I could talk about it for 100 years. So if you ever want to talk about Vanilla Sky, hit me up. Um, on that note, I will say we, I, my friend Amber Katz is on the show today. We have a great conversation about a bunch of television shows, mostly. And a little Wawa, because, you know. She's from outside Philly. Um, and we talk about some Philly stuff. So when you talk about Philly, you have to talk about Wawa, which I love. Um, and we will be right back with Amber and our very fun combo. This week's guest is yet another beauty girl because it's honestly the place where I found some of the best people in the media biz. I, I kind of can't remember the exact moment we went, but one day I had heard all these lovely things about Amber Katz and another, we were friends. She is one of the early beauty bloggers and entrepreneurs who turned her passion into a career with her website called Rouge 18, which was formerly beauty blogging junkie back in the day, which you probably know about if you follow beauty at all. Um, she also writes for tons of sites and brands, including Teen Vogue, Refinery29, Nylon, InStyle, so, so many more. You've seen her byline all over the place. But along with a wealth of beauty and fashion and wellness knowledge, she also possesses a quick-ass wit and a love of all things pop culture. So it's no wonder that we became friends. She is also not afraid to share her opinions on all things, which is one of my favorite qualities in a person. I cannot talk, wait to talk about a whole bunch of these very important matters today. Please welcome my friend Amber Katz. Hello. Abby, thank you so much. That was such a lovely, I'm verklempt. That was such a lovely introduction. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Well, I adore you. And we love so many of the same things. And we spend a lot of time like consuming um, culture. So true. I was going to say every High time, and low. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. There's a huge, there's a major Venn diagram of our pop culture crossover and interests from like podcasts to television shows to movies so I yeah I very much feel that you're like 85% of the time you're on the exact same page and I appreciate that. I know I do I appreciate that too with you so how's everything life is good how life was your summer good my yeah my summer was good um I took a couple of mini trips to Miami and I have a trip coming up to Laguna Beach and um, <gasps> LA nice next week. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's been pushed back and pushed back. And then this Delta variant tried to like challenge it again. And I was like, bitch, I'm going, Wait, I'm going to California. I just had, I just had a flashback of Tell us me. in, in the trying to get to LA on that press trip. And we were oh my in God. traffic. Wait, I just, I'd forgotten about it. And I forget we were in the worst traffic trying to get yes. to JFK. 
I we had, I, we had to like cut the line at security. I think we had to like ask people like, hi, hi, we're running late. We're running late. Like we did. I, it was for a, it was for a joy co trip and it was my birthday. Yes. And I remember. And then we yes. drank heavily on that plane. And I like, ruined my own life. That's how much I drank, but it was so fun. We drank so heavily because we did make the flight. Barely. And I feel like we didn't realize because I think we were just like, it like picked the cars, like the car like picked us up at the off, you know, like, yeah, I think you were already in the car. You picked me up at the office at Hearst. Yeah. And then we just, we were like chatting so much that we didn't realize that we hadn't gone very far and yes. had been in the car for like an yes. hour and a half. And that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> I like to get to the airport like dad early, like the day before. So I... <laughs> I probably was having a melt, a meltdown. Yeah, it was not. I do not like being late. I'm not like, I don't get there insane, insane early, but I'm very prompt and I do not like being late to anything. And I do remember asking people to cut the line in security being like, we're trying to make a flight and then running down the terminal. I have done that exactly twice in my life. And that was the, that was one, one of the times. And it's just like mortifying. And I feel like we did end up on the plane with no one in the middle seat in between us. And then we just like drank 400 glasses of wine. (laughs) It was so fun. I feel like it was like, yeah, it was like 10 years ago. That was a great trip. That was a great trip. Man, I'd forgotten about that. I did too. Great memory. Well, I hope you have fun in LA. I need to get out to LA soon. I'm dying to get out there. Um, But there is... So... You posted something. So we we communicate via Instagram an, an enormous amount, um, as I do with so many of my friends. And you had posted something about a show that I was just in the middle of binging. And then I ended up watching it in like a day. And then I was that was what I was like, oh, we have to talk about this on the show. Um, My Unorthodox Life on Netflix. Yes. So welcome to the party. I started watching it. I was like a little bit late, but not that I want to say like maybe a week after it, you know, dropped to use the kids parlance. And that show took over my entire life until I was finished. I mean, I can't say that about every show. I was like, I could not stop thinking about those people. I find them fascinating. So so tell the people like what the this is a reality show on Netflix. Tell everyone like what the premise of this show is. Okay, so it takes it takes place in, you know, New York City in mostly Tribeca, but it's the story of well, it's not the story. I mean, it's a it's a reality show. So this mother of five children grew up, you know, an Orthodox Jew in Muncie, New York. She's actually originally she was born in Russia. I did like a deep dive. I did like a book report okay. on my okay. own about her. Nice. Nice. She I love is it. Fascinating. Yeah. So she has five children and in her forties was just like, I cannot live like this anymore. Like I'm done with this life of like just being a mother. I want to like be, you know, an entrepreneur. I want to work. I want to like just be done making Shabbat dinner every Friday night and like having that be my entire life. And it's a very, it's a very like patriarchal sexist culture. I don't know like how much you know about Orthodox Jews. It's sort of become like a, I've watched many um, shows about this community weirdly and I'm Jewish myself, but like, you know, if they're a 10 on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a one. So I have about as much in common with them as I do with like, you know, a lapsed Catholic. Um, But it's fascinating. So I've watched Unorthodox. I've watched Stiesel. And like, I find I just find this community fascinating. I watched Unorthodox. I haven't watched Stiesel, though it's on my list because I know I've heard it's amazing. Abby, you will love Um, it. Because, you know, I am not Jewish. I. Yeah, it doesn't matter that I have had many. uh friends be like you're an honorary member of the tribe and I take that with a great as a great compliment but obviously I was not raised Jewish I am not Jewish and but I am fascinated by 
all different like kind of orthodox cultures like in yeah. any religion like learning Me too. you know learning about them and it's fascinating and so yeah the community she comes from and because there's, there's like orthodox communities everywhere but her, this was like a very insular community too it seems like like in yeah. Muncie like it's like I think they're all actually kind of insular. So yeah. like, like Williamsburg is insular. The community yeah. of Jews in Stiesel in Jerusalem is super insular. Like that's how they do it. And they barely use yeah, technology. Yeah, well, and, 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 and like certain parts of Los Angeles too. Like yes. even, a, you know, in like mid-city Los Angeles near like Fairfax and Beverly and whatever, there are, there's a pretty large Orthodox Jewish community um, oh, that's interesting. with other people that. sprinkled into the middle, like, you know, and then there's like. Sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. But yeah. Yeah. What's so funny, I was telling okay, my mom so anyway. about this about this podcast recording, and I was actually telling her, I was like, you know those people who seem Jewish who are not Jewish? Like, I already, yeah, I fully agree with that assessment okay. of you. Okay, thank so you. So you're an honorary member of the tribe. I confirm it. Thank you. Um, thank you. I mean, I did, pra- I did practice, like, Haftar, you know, sections and stuff with my friends in seventh grade as they were preparing for their bat mitzvahs and whatnot, you know. There you go. Um, I was always very jealous that I did not get to go to, like, all summer um, – Jewish summer camp with my friends. I was like, only went to a two week summer camp and I was like, this, this, I want to go for seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is I feel what I wanted. Um, okay. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so she's in this, um, this community keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So she, no, that's okay. She's, um, she's in this community. So anyway, she decides to just leave the whole thing. So her oldest daughter, she leaves the, she decides to just completely break free from this community. And very few people do that. And when they do, like a lot of them like commit suicide and like turn to drinking, not everybody, but like that's, you know, the story because these people are so ill-equipped to deal with the modern world. They have almost no education. The women get very little education. They're like barely even like taught. They're taught to read, but like they just, I think they get like maybe like an eighth grade education, um, something like that. And it's very difficult for them. But anyway, Julia decides to just like quit it all. Her oldest daughter, like the week of her wedding, it, I think she, you know, Julia decided to just like quit the whole thing. And she moved to New York City and created this shoe brand. I forget what it's called. And it did yeah. really well. Um, and she, you know, again, like so impressive. This woman had no, you know, no college. I think some high school created this entire, you know, empire somehow met the, the CEO yeah. and billionaire owner of La Perla and like hit it off with him. And I think she like worked for La Perla in some capacity. So, and then later married him. And the guy is this like Italian man named Silvio. I think he's like in his late fifties or sixties and now they're married and that's like her second husband. And then slowly, but surely she She's been sort of like recruiting each of her five children to like join the modern world. And it's very interesting to see like how some of them, you know, are very comfortable doing it right away. Like her um, second youngest daughter, Miriam, I was actually like the spark for this because Miriam like could not deal with this entire situation from the beginning. Like it was almost like she knew there was something else, even though she was raised in this very insular community where like most people just accept you know the life they're given but Miriam was like what is this like I don't understand like I'm supposed to get married in five minutes and like do nothing but cook like I'm not doing that yeah and that sort of like sparked Julia the mother to be like yeah why are we doing that like I hate it yeah and so now she's living this like very fabulous lifestyle like that's the other thing it's like there, she has this fascinating backstory and I do have a lot of questions about and she has a book coming out so I'm like maybe she's saving some of this for the book about like what transpired because she went from like leaving the community to like being 
Yeah, she doesn't know her house executive millionaire in like a six to seven year span. And it's like, okay, but like a lot of people start shoe lines and a lot of people, you know, and it's like she became like the artistic director of La Perla. And like then now she's running this like elite model conglomerate, like model empire that is also owned by the husband. So I'm like. Again, yeah. not she's very savvy and she's very smart. I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but I'm like, there are some pieces missing here that totally I have agree. questions about. Yeah, like because she, she is like a she is like so like she's a baller. But I'm also like, what? And then the the because the husband is yeah, like because I I started like digging into him a little bit too. Yeah, I was like try. I was like, wait. Like, she didn't just make all, like, she's highly successful and I'm sure very high paid in what he's doing, but they are living a lifestyle that is like. They are like Jewish Kardashians. Like, they have like a private plane. They have like a a compound in the Hamptons. They like rented a 12th century chateau in Paris. Like, it's that kind of money, you guys. Like, yeah, like billionaire dollars fuck you fuck you money like yeah it's it's crazy and so then I was like looking into the Silvio guy and like he's they seem very in love with each other he's very enamored they he kisses in a way that is uncomfortable for me <laughs> <laughs> I didn't he, notice like, that that's face. funny that's it's funny. like the first opening part like he they are kissing and he is like eating her face <laughs> and I was like oh my god oh my god what's happening but yeah it's so fascinating like the kids are all in like kind of different stages of like how they feel about their own religious practices and yeah like like how they were taught versus now they're you know and it's like um Batsheva is like the older daughter who who is married and was married at 19 because that's like what you do in that Mm -hmm. community and then she you know she they talk about how she has like struggled in her relationship with her mother because her mom was basically like taught her all these things and then was like actually no like no to all of that and like peaced out and so and now she's like wearing hot pants and Tribeca and like trying to give everyone and their grandmother a vibrator and it's very difficult for Batsheva because you know it was it was the antithesis of everything her mother taught her and it was just so bizarre. And she also has this husband. And I kind of, her Batsheva's husband is named Ben. Yes. And he seems lovely. But, like, I sort of feel bad for him, too. Because he was like, Art, wait, what? Like, we, you know, we had this plan to, like, be like everyone else in our community. And, like, you will wear long skirts and, like, a, a wig. And, like, that's what we do here. And, like, Batsheva's like, well, like, what if I wore jeans and, like, shorts and miniskirts? And what's, this is what's weird. I don't know if you noticed this. But this, this is a thing I cannot wrap my head around. Ben has a problem with... Batsheva wearing jeans, but not a mini skirt. Does that make any sense yeah. to you? <laughs> it's so no. weird. So like pants are a problem, but like yeah, the shortest skirt ever. So now Batsheva is like an influencer. Yeah. I mean, all, by, by the way, all these people are beautiful. Stunning. Like, stunning to look Hair at. Hair and like, eyebrows to die. <gasps> all of them. Oh, the brows on this. Oh, the brow so game good. is, it, it inspired me to buy a lot of products. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah so yeah like Ben is like because also he's they're now out in this like modern world but he does still hold to some of the things that they were raised learning and knowing which you can kind of understand you know I totally understand it must be so weird yeah. for him like he thought that they were gonna start having children at like 21 and you can't that's yeah. what his that's what they do you know and Batsheva's but like, he also you know, like wants to, to work at like the business and like so definitely funny. doesn't hate does definitely doesn't hate the like 
luxury. No. Which is also fine, which I also totally understand. Oh, yeah. So we should you tell know? you guys, if you haven't watched it, I mean, everyone is wearing a label screaming at you in every single episode. <laughs> there's like Fendi. There's it's like Gucci. There's Dior. Dior. <laughs> yeah, it's screaming. Like they really like that like early 2000s like Fendi baguette bag like level of labels. Yes. And and so then like like you mentioned like Miriam was kind of the younger daughter was like she was out from like birth basically and she didn't want to and then she's also like exploring her sexuality which was obviously not something that she could have done openly in the community but she's also like just such a like 20 year old um yeah in her like irresponsibility oh but my also God. She's let's very- talk about her she's my favorite character by <laughs> yes. the way. I, yes. not, I shouldn't me. call tell her a character th- I adore her. I think she's tell me. So she's yeah, she's 20. She's a student at Stanford. She's obviously very smart. She's like creating apps for her mom's company. Yeah, she's like like a coder. Yeah, she's amazing. And what's amazing is that she um, yeah, she just had the wherewithal to know like this was not the life she wanted to lead. And she kind of sparked this whole journey everyone is now on, which I think is amazing. And she is bisexual. she must be a Sagittarius because she is like dating and hooking up with every single person without a single care. And without I think it's care. very funny. Inviting them to the same party. <laughs> that blew my mind. I have, and she just didn't care at all. She was like, oh, this is great. Like she invited the guy she was currently seeing and then two girls she had been like dating yeah. five minutes prior. And P.S. This was all like during the pandemic. And, and then they went on a double date Yes. Her and the guy and then one of the girls and the other who is also bisexual and the other and a guy she's dating. And then they like yeah. spring it on these two guys at at drinks or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we used to hook up. Basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, yeah. OK, yeah, it's wild. And she's a trip, but she, she is trip. just like living her best life. Like yeah. she. You know what? She also she's. The family is also they've you can tell they very much care about each other. I feel like in that way that like I am not a hater of the Kardashians and some people are and I get why and whatever. But I think like what you can see and no matter what, they do care about each other very deeply as a family. And I think that you see that also with the hearts. And then like Miriam was so Julia, the mom, had like changed her last name when she left and then there's a storyline around Miriam wanting to change her name to heart and like they still have a relationship with their father um and talking to him about why she wanted to do that and then there's like so I I just thought that was so interesting and it was like it seemed very like honest and that's one of my favorite parts of the show the father who they call Abba which is just the Hebrew name for father I'm fascinated by him. He is one of my favorite people on the entire show because he could so easily be so horrified by everything that has happened. And he handles everything that he's dealing with with a plum. And he's kind of he's a mensch to use the word that he, yeah. would, he would use. He's just like I. So so as you mentioned, like Miriam wants to change her name to heart, which Julia, I guess she just made up that name. But, you know, it fits. And they're I forget what I think it was like Mendel or something was their original name. So she has to tell her father. And again, like I have to stress, this is such a patriarchal society. Like that's the ultimate fuck you to do. And he he was just he handled it with such grace. I was stunned. So they show that conversation on the show. And I mean, he doesn't love it, but like he he respects it and he understands it. And he said, okay. I mean amazing 
I know. I thought it was going to be because that was one of our first kind of interactions with him, too. And I guess I was anticipating it being like a really combative relationship that they have with him. And it's not at all. Actually, they have this kind of interesting, blended, culturally blended family at this point, which is because there is, you know, we haven't talked about the two boys, but the youngest son the youngest son is um, like 14. So he is like spending, he lives still in the community and then also spends time outside of it with his mother and his siblings. But yeah, so then there's there's, um, Aaron and uh, Shlomo are the brothers. And like, they're both having interesting journeys too. The boys seem to be like having more trouble like confirm conforming to modern society which is so yeah you wouldn't expect I guess well you know what you would expect it because well I don't know if you know this but in like very orthodox Jewish the religion there's like a prayer that the men say every day that they are thanking God for not being born a woman hmm. which I think is very interesting so hmm. like you know the whole culture and the whole not the culture I wouldn't say the culture but the religion really you know is geared toward men um, but, but what's also odd is that you're not even considered Jewish unless your mother is Jewish. Right. You know, technically. Right. So it's so, right. such a bizarre dichotomy, but you know, in their, in their world, they're like Kings. So I can see why right. they are having more trouble, you know, like eking out of that and getting into modern life. Where like in modern life, you know, women are considered equals. So it makes, you know, why would they stay in this like um, patri- deeply patriarchal structure where they can be far more free in the modern world. Yeah, but then you have to like deal with what comes with that. Like I think with like the older son, um, how he's trying to like navigate dating, and it's like yeah. in his if he had stayed in the community, it's like all kind of set up for you, right? Because you would yeah. be like you get a matchmaker, and then you, you get a matchmaker, and you you know, and this is your person, and it's supervised, and this, and then you get married, and then you know. Um, and then you maybe don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, another that was a whole part of another interesting thing is like these people go on like three or four dates and then they date someone, you know, who they were set up with for like they date for like a few months and then they get married because they're not even allowed to touch this person at all. Right. Like you can't even hold hands. It's you know, it's prohibited by the religion until you're married. You cannot touch women of the opposite sex at all unless like, you know, they're your sister or something or you're a relative. It's wild. And well, and then there's that whole storyline of like when they get a hold of Julia's book and she is like spilling on Bot and Ben's like early days of being married. And they basically they were like super horny teens. They were horny teens, but they were like, we don't know what to do because you also haven't had like entertainment and movies and television in the same way that like kind of for better or for worse helps shape um that's so true that's a really thoughts about like sex and how it works it's like they're not getting taught um no they're getting taught you like reproduce for like many 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 children that's that's pretty much the end of their sex talk I mean because then even um the youngest son is like I'm not gonna talk to girls anymore and the mom is like, no. And even the dad, too, is like, no, that you can talk to girls. Yeah, like, I'm be, so impressed. You, can, you know, he was like, no, no, you can speak. You can have friends at school because he is going to like a mixed school. And yeah. yeah, it's just so fascinating. And then on the flip side, you have like, it's like wealth porn, yes. like these locations. And like, even if the 
the styles they're wearing are not my vibe. Like oh, I can same. recognize like they're candy. It's like candy to look at. The show is very glossy. Yeah. And, and I love that. And then we haven't even talked about the like, the like assistant slash CO. Oh my God. Like <laughs> Robert. We need to talk. So yeah. Robert Brotherton is this like, what's he raised in Texas? I can't remember. Or like some a Southern state. Um, he's adopted and he's like in his early thirties and he's like the best friend of Julia and like the COO of her business. And he's this fabulous gay man. He's so fun and so funny. And he goes on this whole other journey during the show, um, where he, he's adopted and he wants to meet, he keeps calling her his birth person, which I think is interesting. Yes. So very respectful, I have to say. Um, but he wants, it's all sparked by like, he has some kind of like pre-diabetic situation and he was like I really want to know about my medical history like I want to get in touch with yeah. my mother for that reason because you know he's in his 30s like he never got in touch with her before um right. but let's talk about that because that's another thing that fascinates me his his family was so unsupportive what do you uh, think about that I was blown I was away like, I was blown away like at this point in time because he he Wild. obviously has a good relationship with his family and you, you it's portrayed that way anyway and he's close yeah. with his mother and he the way he tells her is like I'm not doing this to hurt you I just like need to know yeah. and they're kind of like nah and his brother is like they this actually tell him terrible- not to do it yeah I was shocked and I was angry on his behalf you know because I think he he also presented it in such a I think loving and respectful way to the people who he considers his one and only family. Like he's Agreed. like, I'm not going to like, because I'm seeking some love that I didn't have. Like yeah. he's like, I have questions, some literal about my health yeah. and then some that I think I'm, I mean, I'm not adopted. I could, but the things he's talking about seem like very natural very uh, things that one might want to know and very reasonable. And I was just like, floored that they were so anti it and they really made him feel like shit about it they did I I mean yeah he met with his mother both and he met with his I guess he facetimed with his brother and yeah they took it the brother and the mother took it so personally like a personal affront to them and you know Robert was raised by this you know lovely family and you know wanted for nothing and talks about it and says you know he's so grateful for everything they gave him and he loves them and he considers them his true family and yeah exactly what you said like he just wants to find out a few things and just meet this woman and like you know it's not like he's going to run off and like consider her his mother till the end of time and like drop the rest of his family but that is how his family acted it was insane yeah. and like the brother comes around or whatever but like he I does. did I got a little I got a little emotional when he met his birth person I was, I was crying like, buckets I cried <laughs> I fully cried I was not anticipating that but it I think so I, nice. because Robert is such a warm um figure on the show and he he is with the family all the time he is up in all the business and yeah. like and even when Julia tries to meddle in his life too much he's like please stop oh, you yeah, know like yeah but like I was very emotional for him because the it, they have a very lovely meeting and I was like there's there's just something in this show that it is like it there is a like it's an over-the-top rich people like lifestyle thing but then there's also this like core of like exploring different kinds of families and yeah. like a lot of cultures and 
and there is like this weird depth to it. Yeah. I, I watched the whole thing. Like, I think I was telling you, I was like, I'm halfway through. I bet I'll finish it tonight. And I did finish it that night. Oh, so I basically did? watched yeah. it in two sittings. That's what I did too. Yeah. I could not stop thinking about it. I, I, yeah, I watched it. I think I, yeah, I watched it in two sittings as well. It was just, so I couldn't tear myself away. And so now I'm following everyone on Instagram. I will say the one thing and and I get it and it's very like cute and supportive, but it gets very monotonous when you're following all of them. They all repost each other's things all the time. Yeah. I, so I like than see I the I same. Only, I follow like a few of them. <laughs> you're like fully, so they fully like in. see like the same clip like seven times. Oh, God, yeah. Like I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay. Miriam posted this. So bot posted it. So Julia posted it. So Robert posted it. And I'm like, you guys, I can't see the same real yeah, like seven times but can we talk about abba's wedding yes i was just gonna say that i saw a lot of clips so the and and again you guys sorry there's <laughs> some spoilers here but still watch yeah. the show because there's like you'll want to see this and again it's a very quick watch um but like it in the, the toward the end of the season abba has a girlfriend the dad yeah. has a girlfriend and so the kids are kind of anti it they think it's moving too fast but you know the julia and she does come in you know and i know i'm sure there are some like i i have read some stuff about like people's reaction to like how she portrays the community that she left and and i'm i can understand why there's yeah there are people who don't feel yeah i mean she walks into back into her community and goes to the grocery store for example wearing hot pants and like yeah and that is like the very worst thing you can do. So like, I sort of agree with some of the criticism. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you can, you can, um, disagree, but also be respectful of like people's belief systems and not walk in and try to like blow it up, you know, when you're in their space, like when you're in their space, like I would never walk into a highly religious, um, community of any kind and not try to respect their, like way of dress or what you know what I mean like it felt like a little like she's trying to push the button so I can understand that and how she might categorize some of the things but it's her experience and I get that yeah and but she is the one who kind of puts the kids she's like but it's been a few months like in in his world that's a long time and she kind of does sometimes put that in perspective for her kids and I'm like oh okay she kind of brokered the like yeah. bringing this woman into the fa- the blended family. It was so interesting. And this woman, I, w- I mean, we're all worried that this woman is like very, very religious, wearing a wig and is going to like sort of, you know, bring, they're all sort of moving away from like fundamentalist religious life, even a little bit, even the father, a little bit. Yes, 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 for sure. Not a lot. And obviously, you know, Julia's on one end of the, of the spectrum, but luckily this woman seems lovely. She works, which is, you know, not necessarily the war- the norm she has. Um, an event planning business and she doesn't wear a wig and like she seems like a very good fit for this family so everyone yeah is, because like, overjoyed. yeah and then the wedding was like a <laughs> very big over- to do <laughs> big to do I was so I was like crying when I watched it on Instagram yeah I guess that's what I'm like these days I'm not like normally this emotional but it was so nice yeah they did they had a big to do I'm assuming you know being a wedding planner I forget what her name is but the the new wife must have planned it and, you know, maybe they got some budget from Netflix or the billionaire yeah. or whatever, but it was like very over the top and beautiful, but it looked like everyone had a lovely time and it was just so yeah. nice. I was like, this is so nice. And then they like did this like TikTok where it's like when your parents are finally both married to other people and it's like this happy like dance the kids are doing and so cute. 
I don't know. It's just like, it's like uh, these people have just whittled their way into my yeah. heart. <laughs> like, I, the, the emotion is real and the closeness, the closeness is real, as you said. And I think, you know, yeah. it's sort of like just watching the most affluent influencer you follow on Instagram, like just in a 10 hour show. I mean, yeah. the yeah, like the rich people porn just is what it is. But that's like, yeah, that's that's just sort of like the framing of the show, I think. And it is exciting to watch. You know, it makes for, you know, beautiful shots and beautiful scenes. But yeah, and they, the relationships and, they have are very interesting. Exactly. And you can tell like there's some things where you're like, OK, they kind of set this up because they needed to film something. It's like, great. We've all been watching reality TV for totally. a thousand years now. We get that. But it's like as long as you have there's some there's some there there, then exactly. it it doesn't make that as like annoying when they like did the thing with like Robert on the boat and like saying goodbye to his insecurities and like whatever. It's like, okay, like you're doing that to like film for the show, but the feelings, the feelings were all real. And so, or they seem real to me anyway. You can't fake that. I feel like, yeah, they're, these people aren't actors, you know, like, I don't think it it would fly. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so into it. I can't imagine there won't be another season. Oh, for sure. I think the season opens with the wedding. I mean, that's what I would think, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Stay tuned for sure. And so there's another show like that that you told me to watch that I have started, but I haven't watched all of it yet. And that's Dave. Okay. So this show, it was created by, you know, this guy, Dave, who's a real rapper. He's like this Jewish third. I don't, it's so funny. I'm like, it makes it sound like I only watch shows about Jews. I guess maybe <laughs> lately I am. It's so funny. <laughs> it just happened by accident. But, um, he's this real rapper named little Dicky, and he is 33. He's actually from Cheltenham, which is right outside of Philadelphia, which is five minutes from where I am from. I was born in East Oak Lane, Philadelphia. I mean, you are a Jew from Philadelphia, too. So, you know. Yeah. So, like, he, I really, you know, I I have nothing in common with him beyond that, by the way. But, like, he grew up literally, like, five minutes from where I grew up until I was six. So, um, he moves to L.A. and he becomes a rapper. And he has, like, a, a lot of success. I think he worked with, like, like... I don't even know. I can't think of which rappers, but he's worked with like Meek Mill or something. Like he like has a real career and I like mean, real he's like a viral. Yeah, he's like a yeah. vi- like it's Lil Dicky is like his um, rap name, rap name. But it's he's like a comedian, rapper, Dave writer. Bird. Yeah, writer. Like he created the show as like a version of himself. It's like one of those type of shows where it's yeah. Like- so it was also created with um, one of the creators from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it has an element of that. So it's and based one of the on guys who did the league, the league. Oh, I didn't I know loved. that. Interesting. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I also love yeah. the league. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's very funny. Um, and it's about, you know, this guy, he, like, you know, starting his rap, rap career in LA and like he, um, m- he meets this hype man who's like a rapper himself, this like hilarious black dude named Gata and like they wind up working together. Um, and um wait what, what happened in the last episode that you watched out abby um, just so i know gosh what was it? it was a few days ago i feel like it was episode four what was happening um if you remember i don't remember exactly what was happening okay i won't get into it but anyway it's a fascinating it's okay. you dynamic can, you, can, you can tell I don't some want to things spoil. you can tell okay i'll tell that i don't know if you saw this part or not but like gata has bipolar disorder and yes they, he does yes. In, okay good okay so he does in real life and the show the episode of the show where they talk about that is fascinating and so well done so he's you know little dicky's hype man in real life they partner together on all kinds of things but in the show they really get into the fact that like this man has been dealing with bipolar disorder and it talks about like the dynamics with his family and like 
a couple of times he's had like manic episodes and it's just really interesting to see this like in the middle of this comedy which is kind of like curb your enthusiasm so like it's like some things are fictionalized but it's really telling a real story and right. what's amazing about it is that well first of all I really like I really like Lil Dicky's music I've learned like I like <laughs> the things like he creates a lot of music on the show mostly in the second season yeah. and like that the tracks haven't dropped yet and like I'm dying for them to drop like I actually I'm so embarrassed to tell you this. I recorded one on my phone, like from my television, and I listened to it. Like, it's an iPod. <laughs> that is so something I would do. I okay. appreciate that so much. Thank you for being an oarsman in my canoe about that, because, like, it's so embarrassing. Anyway, but the second season, I can't wait for you to get to, because it's my fi- one of my favorite episodes of television ever is in the second season. So... Um, yeah, but what's really funny is so, so Dave is a narcissist. That's the other thing. Like a lot of the people yeah. on the show are not likable and it's fascinating to see like how they interact with each other. Like Dave is a, nar- a narcissist and what I find so cringe, but also so fascinating is that he's so sure of his like future success. Like he thinks he's going to be Kanye and he talks about it openly with everyone. And like every time he takes a photo with someone, he's like, that photo is going to be worth so much money. And it's just like, I have such third party embarrassment. And yet it's like amazing to see. And he does have talent and he, you know, is good at what he does. And he like he does believe in himself. But it's like this interesting, like, I don't even know, like cross section of like just having way more confidence than you need to. But there is like um, a certain amount of talent and like drive to back it up. Right. Well, and it's interesting because, like, it's, like, getting into, like, I mean, there's a lot of dick jokes, right? There's something, like, hyper-masculine about it, but also I feel like, and I did read an article that, like, I think this is more even in season two, but getting into, like, where does this white guy fit into, like, is what is he appropriating from black culture, and is he, like, kind of a culture vulture, and, like, that's an interesting thing to explore. And then also like his masculine, like, and then that cringe factor, which is like so much of curb your enthusiasm, right? Like Larry's such a a narcissist too. And, and like, we're getting a new season of curb soon too. So that's very exciting. But, um, yeah. And, but then there's like, I mean, the show opens the first episode. He's like at the doctor, like talking about his dick skin. Yeah. We should talk about dick of made of balls. His so he was born with some kind of like penile disorder and I forget exactly what it was but like he had to have multiple surgeries to correct it and that is true that is why he is called Lil Dicky and is like obsessed with his own <laughs> genitalia but it's very interesting he talks about it openly and like he's you know there's some like problems with his you know functionality with it and he yeah. has to like deal with that. It's fascinating and I was like oh okay this is hilarious so yeah I'm into it I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish it so I bet I'll watch a bunch of it this weekend but like yeah I'm in. I need so you to thank talk- you for the recommendation I also so heard that ha- my girl my girl Haley Bieber <laughs> appears in an episode in season two yes um, yes uh, yeah we with- really need you yeah we can get more into it or whatever we can have an offline conversation about it once you finish season two but there are so many um there's a lot of like racial um, layers to it and the appropriation and just the way you get inspired and how your ego gets in the way and just like how the spark of inspiration creates a song or like something else. It's fascinating. And it, there's even an episode that gets into like, um, what's the Twin Peaks director territory? Why can't it? David, David Lynch. Lynch. Like there's a Dave, David Lynch-esque episode. That, that's the, oh it's the ninth well, episode I, in season two. Yeah, you're going to die. I, I'm obsessed with it. David Lynch. I devoured Twin Peaks as a youth. Um, I cannot wait for you to watch it. 
Oh my God. That's so exciting. I can't wait. No, but thank you for the recommendation. Cause I, I, it had been like on my radar, but not real. Like it was like on my list, but I was like, I needed that push to like, start. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I need to start watching that. It's a um, weird show. And let me tell you something else that I think you'll appreciate. So, so it's a weird layered show and it's not what you, what it is in the beginning when you first start watching it. But I saw on Instagram that, um, Damon Lindloff, you know, one of the creators yeah. of lost or one of the writers of lost, you know? Him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah, totally. And he did the leftovers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did the leftovers. So he posted after the finale, he posted like on his Instagram grid, like something from the finale of Dave. And he was like, this show is a masterpiece and I love it. And like, I can't wait for season two and like completely like praising the hell out of it. And I saw like little Dickie commented and like was, you know, really grateful that he was watching it. But like, it's that major. Like, I'm telling you, yeah. it's a, it's yeah, um, Linda a did Watchmen too. Yeah. Like he's like yes. a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. This is good. This is good. I'm, I can't wait to finish watching it. Cause I was like, once I started, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, it's, it's so like a very good. singular, it's like very, it's not li- like, you, like you said, it's like, okay, you sense parts of Curb Your Enthusiast, but it's so singular because of who this person is. And then the, the people that, yeah, that he has brought in. Yeah. It's so it's, layered. So my really friend Gina good. insisted that I watch it. And it was weird. Like I, there was like signs from the universe that I had to watch Dave. She was like, you have to watch the show. And I was like, all right. It's that like, it was weird that she, it didn't seem on brand for her or me. And then I kept seeing it coming up in Hulu and I was intrigued by it. Like the... I don't know if you noticed, but like the little like logo for it or whatever the icon is like him with an anteater. And I was like, what's up with this anteater? Like everything's so weird. And the anteater, by the way, you'll find out more about at the end of season two. They don't even discuss that at all until then. And it's fascinating. Anyway. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, But speaking of Philadelphia, though, I feel like you have you have something that you have to get off your chest. So I love this so much because one of the things I love about Amber is that she can get as passionate about like, not that this is minute, but like as about like just dig in on something and have like the strongest opinion. I do this all the time for, for people in my life are probably like, yeah, we fucking know. Yeah. Like, shut up already. And I'll be like, ah, we but have this in common for sure. Yeah, for sure. So as as we all know, we love like Mayor of Easttown was one of the biggest shows of the year. We're going to be hearing about it a ton as the Emmys come up. But you have some you have some notes for yeah, me. Yeah, I have some notes. Yes. Talk perfect, to me. Perfect as, segue. Talk to me. Talk. To OK, me. so I yeah, I actually I like DM'd you about this before. And yeah, I tried to pitch a story on it and it was kind of at the end of Mayor of Easttown and like wasn't I didn't even have time to like write anything about it. So, yeah, I'm happy to discuss it now. So here is my beef with Mayor of Easttown and every single television show and movie set in Philadelphia. And I have a major bone to pick. Thank you for giving me this forum. It is a yes. minute thing, but I know no, this is this is the place for that. Yeah, I'm going to make a mountain out of this molehill. So um, it really bothers me that everything shot in Philadelphia or, you know, that's supposed to take place in Philadelphia. No one has a Philadelphia accent ever, like ever. In, when you watch something, you know, that takes place in Boston, there's like a Boston camp accent. Like there's like a Boston camp genre where like, you know, in The Departed, you would never dream of not having every single person, you know, not sound like they're Attempt. from Southie. <laughs> yeah. Attempt it. Anyway. Attempt. And, and that's, a, that's a difficult accent to pull off, I think, if you're not a native, you know, Bostonian. Oh, yeah. Some people do it very badly. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I'm actually thinking Blake, um, Blake Lively in oh. the town did not get that accent. Totally right. It was not a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough 
beat for her it's with hard. that accent. <laughs> and and I have to give a lot of praise to Mayor of Easttown because they actually, it was amazing. I mean, like there were, my mom called me excitedly out of the clear blue sky to like even tell me that the show was coming on. She was like, they're really like doing the accent. And I was like, no. Anyway, so the, here's the thing. They, they did try, they did do the accent and I give um, Kate Winslet a lot of credit because she is a native you know, British woman. It is such a hard accent to do. And she did it really well. I feel like there were a couple little things off and only, you know, I'm only pointing that out because I'm like nitpicky and like, you know, from Philadelphia. But But you're allowed to be. You're a Philly girl. Yeah. Yeah, But but just the fact that she attempted it means the world to me. And almost everyone um, on that cast attempted it or they were actually from Philly. Like I know they actually did hire a bunch of like Delco, Delaware County locals to like fill, fulfill like some roles. And the guy who wrote the script obviously is from that area. Um, so like the, the authenticity of the accent was the best I've ever seen in anything. And it just, it just made me irate though, for like all of the other, you know, missed opportunities. Like for example, um, what's that movie? Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Oh, sure. Why does no one have an accent in that movie? Like why does Robert De Niro roll up sounding like he is from Brooklyn or wherever he like it's ridiculous like he made 0.0 effort like I didn't believe it I was like why does nobody on this show or whatever this movie talk like my dad anyway you're like you're not an Eagles fan right exactly the mother comes in like serving homemades and whatever else like hi I forget like she had like some kind of weird snack that they made for like the game and she sounded like she was also from Brooklyn but the number one offense I have to talk about the number one offense, and I'm sorry to tell you this, is Rocky. Not one person on Rocky, the most seminal Philadelphia piece, sounds <laughs> remotely like my dad. And I'm so mad. My dad was born in South Philly, where that takes place. They all sound like they walked off the set of The Godfather, and some of them did. So anyway, that is my, <laughs> that is my treatise on that. It drives me insane. I'm so mad about it. But I want to give you know, credit to Mayor of Easttown for making the effort and doing a phenomenal job. So do you think, like, Kate, like, because to me, a non-native who has not spent an enormous amount of time in Philadelphia or the surrounding areas, my best friend from college is from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, well, that's but like the same suburb- that's yeah. suburban Philly. That's it that's is. Philly suburb, not 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 like North New Jersey. No, but um, so I I I am not. I would not call myself well versed. So I was like, I think this sounds good. But then I was like, I need like real Philly people okay. to tell me. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but like no. you said, at least they tried. She did a good job. Here's what I would say. I'll give you a good example of something I know I noticed that she didn't do, but she did a she did a great job. I would say she got it like 85%, which is really, okay. really impressive. That is such a difficult accent. Um, there's a thing that people in Philly do, like the name Erin. People in yeah. Philly say Arin. Don't ask why. It just that's how they pronounce it. They say like Murray okay. Christmas. And I noticed that she didn't do that. Mm. That was like one example. And now I'm like, I mean, I watched it many months ago. I'm sure there were a couple of other little ones. Because I feel like you, the, the things you always hear is like water, you know, or yeah. like, I can't even do it. But it's like water. the way, a, the way Philadelphians say water is they got very that. specific. So I think yeah. she did that, right? Yeah. And, and then cheese, I, I, cheesesteak culture. They nailed, she's like, they nailed the like ambient everything else. And just like the way her ex-husband was like, I went to high school with 35 of that guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I did appreciate in her like press 
around it. Well, first of all, just Kate Winslet's the best, you know, like oh, she yeah. seems like a, a real great hang all around, always has. Yeah. But when she, the, the stories that went like viral about Wawa, like her loving Wawa and like I felt that real deeply from from my best friend from college, who is how I learned of Wawa because it's a regional. Thank God. Um, have you been? Have you experienced? I have been Wawa? to. I have been to a Wawa. Well, there, she had. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she had a great story. Um, in high school, I think they'd been out and about, and like wanted to use the bathroom, and they were like, "You have to buy something." And she threw out some like, "Do you know who I am? I am Rachel <laughs> Wawa." <laughs> they were like, "Okay, buddy," you it know, so like, funny. "All right." And it was just like a funny Rachel story Wawa. that we always told. And then there's a great like, um, because I know this. There's like a clip of Harry Styles talking about Wawa. Oh, really? Oh my god! Because yeah, you got to find this clip, and he was talking about how he was like with his friend, and they were gonna um just pop into Wawa to get like a snack or whatever, as one does yeah. at Wawa. And yeah. and um he walked in and there was he he like I'm sure he he ha- he must have this radar too, like anyone who's that kind of famous. And there was like a group of girls in the corner, but also yeah. the music was playing Night Changes by One Direction. So he was like, I just said I'll wait in the car. At the Wawa. He was so like, this funny. could go. But he was yeah. like, Lava Wawa. It's like he's he was doing press for I, I can't that. remember if it was the first album, maybe. Yeah. And he was like, I love Wawa. You know? I, I was like, I'm I, not a huge, I know it's like sacrilege to say to you. I'm I'm like into him, but I'm not like super oh, that's okay. every move. No, but no, I wish well, I you wouldn't story, Oh, sorry, you don't have all his interviews memorized? God, <laughs> no. Amber, how dare you? But no, <laughs> I, I just love that like Wawa was like getting its due. During yeah. like the mayor, the mayor moment, I feel like like nationally Wawa was getting its due in a way that it had only maybe gotten regionally for so long. You that know? is so true. When I went, I went to college in Boston and I was so sad that there was no Wawa. Like I had a real that was probably the hardest cultural adjustment that I had to mm, make. Yeah. Like not the yeah. fact that people were calling me Amba and not the fact that like I was living <laughs> in a tiny dorm room with two crazy roommates who like fought all night and I wound up getting mono. Not that like the Wawa was the real like, problem. Where is my Wawa? It was just I such know. a part of my life. Like they have this French vanilla cappuccino from the machine that I think about on a biweekly basis. It's crazy. <laughs> and I actually so my dad does like security systems for um a lot of retail stores and a lot of grocery stores. And he was at one point was talking to Wawa to like be, you know, to have them be a client of his. And I know it it didn't work out for some dumb reason. I can't remember. I know it was like the Holy grail. I was so thrilled when he was even speaking to them. And this is a really interesting thing. So I, I asked him to ask them why they aren't in New York. And the reason is they are sticklers for keeping all of their prices uniform everywhere, no matter what. And if they had you know, retail space in New York, they would have to jack up the prices, obviously, because the rent is higher right. and they refuse to do that. Very interesting. Look at that Wawa price integrity. It's a deep <laughs> cut about Wawa. Um, but yeah, I love Wawa so much. I go every time I go home, like every, you know, five or six weeks. Oh, yeah. That's Amazing. like it's like you, when you have those places, it's like, oh, you have to go to that. Yeah. Like ste- Steak and Shake was that as a that's it's not the same as Wawa, but like your, reg- yeah. your regional like restaurant or 
convenience store or you know it's yeah it's, it's like a comfort show it's like it's like yeah. my so-called life for like uh, for like a convenience store for me I don't know yeah. it's like such a weird you just go back to it it feels like home yeah like yeah no very important now one more thing before I let you go yeah. I feel like you have some thoughts about see like as we did an episode recently I did an episode recently with Courtney Dunlop about why we believe Greece 2 is better than Greece. Yeah. You have some other thoughts about sequels. Yeah. That I think we should talk about. So, yeah, I have a deep and real conviction that there are many franchises, movie franchises in which the sequel is better than the original. Now, I can't I have to like I have to admit I've never seen Grease 2 and I know that's embarrassing and it's a pop culture blind spot. So, it's I can't okay. speak to that one. And I do I even listened them. to your entire episode and I still I need to watch it. Anyway, clearly a I feel like you'll moment. like it. I, I feel like I you'll I like will it. I will too. But, I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking about why I didn't watch it. And I was like, you know, I have an older brother who was five years older. So we kind of just had to like watch what he wanted to watch. Or like uh, I watched the original Grease because like my friend had it on VHS. So like it just for whatever right. reason, like I wasn't going to bring that back from like Video Village. And like my brother would be like, cool, we're watching that. Like he would be like, what are these pink <laughs> ladies? I'm like, so like we're not doing that. Put on Star Trek The Next Generation again. Right, right. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. But like one of the sort of like Venn diagrams we do have. And, you know, I was also like forced to watch it but I really did love it is like back to the future and yeah. karate kid and I maintain I've gotten in many fights about this I maintain that the sequels of both of those movies are far superior to the original and I can tell you why yeah go so, for it I love this yeah so so in back to the future 2 it's you have all the best parts of the first one and they go to the future are you kidding me how is this even up for discussion it's amazing what yeah. are your thoughts on this? You, I think I haven't movie. seen. No. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen either of them in a minute. But I mean, yeah. I've seen them both multiple, multiple times. Um, yeah. I think it's a great point because you kind of do relive. Yes. Like you said, the key moments from one into. And I mean, we definitely fucking thought we were going to get some hoverboards and shit. Oh, um, yeah. You know, because the future. It was yeah, so masterfully I mean, I done. I, I think it, it's a great point because you kind of do get the best of both worlds. That's like, what I say. You know, and you kind of cut the fat from the first one. Just take like the meat. Yeah. Put it in the I mean, the first one, one was amazing. And, oh, yeah. It's amazing. And also it felt like so fresh and new and like you're like, what? And like, yeah, you know. I mean, we still say stuff from there. Like we're, we're going, oh. we don't need roads and, and like all that. I mean, I definitely like yeah. it, it burnished in my brain that I thought like Libyan terrorists were coming, but <laughs> <Yeah>. also <laughs> that's funny. And I feel like we've but, experienced iterations of that just from like other countries. But yeah, yeah that was a weird, yeah. there were a lot of weird prophecies. So like they, in, um, back to the future too, they accurately predicted like plastic surgery going on the rise, yeah. which is amazing nail art I can't even remember there were like many things that they predicted sort of like some of the styles and like athleisure it's amazing yeah when you look at it. it I'm gonna need to rewatch it but I think you have a real you make a very strong case because of how much you they kind of like redo yeah like you re you re-see Marty going through like the big moments of like literally the first time trying to get back to the future yeah and, and then, with interesting little twists yeah 
because then there's like two of it. Yeah. Like I'm into oh, right. this. Yeah. He can't like run into his former self. Like all of my yeah. favorite time travel paradoxes to yeah. avoid. Like I love, I love time travel. Avoiding so, himself from the future. Yes. Again, from the future, you know, like there's layers. There's a lot layers. of layers. Now I feel like back to the future three. No. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I always watch it every year in, you know, I watch the entire trilogy. It's just what I do. And I watch it. I'm such a dork. I watch I it like this. on October 25th. Like okay. that's when they traveled to the future. Yeah. I'm such a loser. There's like two dates. I think it's like it's November. Not. <laughs> Please. <laughs> like, so I watch it at some point. All. I watch it at some point I between that. I love those that. two dates. Um, so yeah, the third one is not great. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not great, actually. It, it's nothing compared to the first two, but I'm always down to watch it. I'm like, let's go to the Old West now every time. Every time yeah. I'm like, maybe I'll turn it off and I'll just watch the first two this year. And that has never happened since 1985. So love I it. like it. I love it. Okay, now um, Karate Kid. Okay. Talk karate to me about Kid. Karate Kid. Okay, so Karate Kid. In the first one, you have, you know, a karate tournament and you're dealing with some major bullies. And they fight for, you know, what is it like? The, I forget what the tournament is called, but they're like fighting for the cup or whatever, like the trophy. In the second one, they go to Okinawa, Japan, and they fight to the death in a castle, like in a, you know, a moated castle. Are you kidding me? The stakes are yeah. so much higher and so much yeah. more dramatic. And the production value and like the um, the Japanese girlfriend, it's like, it's unbelievably better. And the addition of um, The Glory of Love by Peter Cetera, like, I mean, bye. that could do it all the way. Like, The Glory of Love is an all-timer movie song. Like, Nothing, yeah. The soundtrack I mean, is killer. And the what's really funny, this is so ridiculous. I watch I haven't watched that. I watched um I watched Cobra Kai and then I like went back and watched um Karate Kid recently and yeah. If you look at the lyrics of Glory of Love, it like kind of is interpreted into the movie literally, which is kind of like it gives me third party embarrassment, but I also sort of love it. So that's an interesting just way to watch it as an adult. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's so great. It is so great. I love it. Well, and I do enjoy, like we talked about on the Grease 2 podcast, like a higher stake is like bringing me in. Like there's yeah. more on the line. It's life and death, you know? Way and, more on the line. And there's also like, and, um, Mr. Miyagi's like father is dying. I mean, there are all these B stories that are also fascinating. And yeah, like he like reunites me, with that older, yes. that woman that he like almost married, but didn't. And he has this absolutely appalling nightmare of a brother who's like trying to kill them anyway. It's, it's yeah. just. Okay. I, I, I buy into these. I buy into these. I'm going to need to revisit both, but I, I think you make very strong cases. Excellent. I think I love this. And I, this is the kind of opinionated takes that I enjoy in life. <laughs> all the yeah. time um this has been so much fun I can thank you so you much for having years. me um tell people where to find you on on the interwebs and all that good stuff thanks so, so much for having me follow this along so fun. Um, so I, I am on Instagram. My Instagram handle is rouge r-o-u-g-e underscore 18 like one eight like the number and I still love Twitter so I'm going to give you my Twitter even though it's a different handle just yeah, I'm never gonna not love Twitter. It's Glamber, G L A M B R, no E. This was yeah, so fun. I love Glamber. That was always like such a good handle. I always Thank really you. enjoyed that. 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's a whole like contingency of people who still call me that, and I I like it. I always answer. It's my favorite. I think it's yeah, it's really good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun, and um, I'll be right back with a few more notes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Amber for that super fun conversation. I would add that since we recorded that, My Unorthodox Life did get picked up for a second season on Netflix, which is very exciting news. Also, they picked up Virgin River, which we have discussed on this podcast previously for another two seasons at least. So that comfort show is not going anywhere either. Very exciting. I... um love hearing news that things that I like are coming back as we all do. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Follow along for more inane content on at we have notes on Instagram or at ABC Gardner. Uh, the newsletter comes out on Fridays though this week it came out on Saturday. Sorry. Uh, usually it comes out on Fridays. It's we have notes.substack.com and if you have any interest in sponsoring this year podcast, hit me up uh, on any of those platforms or Twitter at Abby Gardner. Um, or we have notes at speakstudiopodcasting.com is the email. And until next week, you know, maybe rewatch something you love, like Vanilla Skype. Fire up some Can We Still Be Friends by Todd Rundgren. Imagine what it would be like to be like, I thought that guy was my dad. And then like Steven Tyler was my dad. Anyway, um, enjoy the week ahead and I will talk to you soon. 